going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome, folks. Oh, wouldn't you like to know me? I'm not asking. That's the name of the song. If something cannot go on forever, ladies and gentlemen, it will stop. That's from the economist Herbert Stein. That doesn't seem very profound to me. Again, if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. Well, no crap, Sherlock. Like, it ain't over till it's over. Well, yes. But he's right. If something can't go on forever, it will stop. And I don't know much that does go on forever. I don't think there is much out there in this world. Whether it's a song or a movie or a story of any kind. And heck, even though we human beings are alive and kicking, one of like seven billion of us on this planet now, got a feeling it'll one day stop. I don't want it to. I want us to keep pushing forward, keep flourishing, keep rising out of the muck and the mud like we've been doing for the last 200 years. Because for the last thousand or so, we just sort of subsisted, killed one another. But if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. See, the song couldn't go on forever. This show won't go on forever. The economic boom we are experiencing cannot go on forever. And when this boom burst, or bubble burst, or the shockwave of this boom goes away, we're going to be so screwed. But isn't that the history? Just prepare yourselves. You know, a great writer put it well. It's not just economic booms. It's not just radio shows or television shows. It's not just songs. But if something cannot go go on forever, it will stop. It's also governments. And authorities. Think about how many governments in history have risen, come to power, have fancied themselves not only rulers of the earth, not only just rulers of the people and their subjects, but rulers in the name of God. Think about how many people have come and gone and said, I am the authority. 
one of my favorite quotes ever. Rose Wilder Lane. History is one long record of revolts against certain living rulers. And revolt against kinds of living authority. They, and by they she means we, precious human beings, they replace the priest by a king, the king by an oligarchy, the oligarchs by a despot, the despot by an aristocracy, the aristocrats by a majority, the majority by a tyrant, the tyrant by oligarchs, the oligarchs by aristocrats, the aristocrats by a king, the king by a parliament, the parliament by a dictator, the dictator by a king, the king by their 6,000 years of it. In every language. Every imaginable kind of living authority has been tried and is still being tried somewhere on earth now. And I got thinking of that quote earlier today because I thought of this quote, the one I keep repeating. If something cannot go on forever, it will stop. So whether it's an economic boom or bubble, as some might consider it, bursting, whether it's a lifelong love affair, eventually it stops. One would hope certain things go on forever, and that certain things are eternal, but not many things are. But I also started thinking about the history of the rise and falls of, as Rosewilder Lane calls it, living authorities or governments or rulers. Because I've been thinking about the trend going on worldwide. Especially in the Middle East, but it's going on all over the world. The cult of personality around charismatic rulers. And this isn't a unique insight. It's not even a unique thing. I just gave you this whole idea that the parliament elects a dictator and the dictator's replaced by a king and the king's replaced by the aristocrats and then by the people and then back to some oligarchy. There's all this back and forth. No, this system will work or that system will work or this party will be the most responsible party in history or this party will be the best one to serve the people. Or this party will give us a fair shake when it comes to trade. Or this party will help us when it comes to health care. Or this president or that senator or my congressman will be the one that finally makes things fair. There's been a lot of it. So this is not a unique insight. But I have noticed, especially with what's in the news, with the death Well, the brutal murder, as it's been reported, of Khashoggi. The Washington Post, who I have mocked on these airwaves, for having one of the most obnoxious subtitles of a paper, subheadings, really, the Washington Post's, oh, democracy dies in darkness. Well, democracy also dies from, you know, being democracy half the time. It's what the founders understood. At least some of the wise founders understood because some of the founders were idiots or they were very privileged. But the Washington Post, to their credit, published the last article by the man who's brutally murdered By who? 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 Well, the 
Turkish government claims it's the Saudis who killed Khashoggi. The Saudi Arabian government and the crown prince says, we don't know anything. We're looking into it. So the Turkish government's looking into it because it did happen on Turkish soil, but also technically happened on Saudi Arabian soil because it's the Saudi Arabian consulate. And this man who had children, who had lived most of his life in Virginia, his children knew the United States well. He wasn't a citizen, but he's a permanent resident. And honestly, that distinction doesn't mean a hill of beans to me because he's a human being and he was an intelligent human being. And he had to go to this consulate in order to make his marriage legal. And it seems that he was brutally murdered, cut to pieces, dismembered, and his body sent to all different corners of the earth. Some real biblical crap. Pre-Christ sort of stuff. Old Testament sort of violence and brutality that has been with that part of the world for thousands of years, been around since the rise of oligarchs and aristocrats and emperors and kings and dictators. But the last thing this man who was brutally murdered, dismembered, the last thing he wrote... The editor for the Washington Post Global Opinion published today. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm not even going to quote it. But the long and short of it is. The Arab world needs a free press. Put very simply, the Arab world needs liberty. In particular, liberty to speak their minds without fear of punishment. Whether it's being thrown in jail or brutally murdered and dismembered. Hacked to death. And a lot of fingers are being pointed at the Saudi government and the Saudi crown prince. Pressure is being put on the Trump administration to do something about this. Mike Pompeo just came back from meeting with Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, and met for 30, 40 something minutes today. Hell, even one of my favorite things that I try to use to escape all this crap. I haven't done a show like this in a while, but I felt it necessary. The WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. I can't even escape the news because World Wrestling Entertainment has been living up to its name of being worldwide. In particular, they got some deal with the Saudi government and the royalty. Put on two huge events a year. We'll give you $90 million, $100 million. I don't know the figure, but we'll do this for 10 years. So here's a billion dollars to put on these epic shows. 
the first one, the greatest Royal Rumble, in a way, it was a great thing. And if you believe that Mohammed bin Salman was a reformer, it's a great thing. It's eye-opening to see young adults and children in Saudi Arabia chanting the same chants and booing the bad guys, cheering the good guys, knowing who's a heel, who's a baby face. The same thing that American audiences would. That's eye-opening for anybody with the willingness to watch it and the ears to hear it. That we're all just human beings and at the end of the day we like the same forms of entertainment. It's a great thing. But then you think and you go, all oh, this money we're receiving is from this royal family who runs this country that dismembers journalists that call for freedom of the press. So you're kind of in a tough position. Trump administrations, they're in a tough position. They did hope that this young 30-something, Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, thought Mohammed bin Salman would be a true reformer. But he's started a bloody, a very bloody war in Yemen. Supposedly against the Houthis. Who are supposedly the puppets of Iran. Though there are other factions on the ground and Really, what the bombing has been doing, and oh, by the way, the United States has been assisting in that bombing. Not directly, but helping them, like mid-air refueling and providing the weapons and the resources and some targeting information to minimize you know, collateral damage or you know, kill, killing people to minimize it. But it's killed thousands left millions on the brink of famine. Mohammed bin Salman is not, you know, he's young. He's about my age. Which is weird to think of that power. That money and that power. And then here's the thing, though. Remember that the journalist who was killed was calling in his last article for freedom of the press in the Arab world. And there is not freedom of the press in Saudi Arabia, despite their promises of reform. And the oppression there in Saudi Arabia and throughout the Arab world, but also throughout all the world, the oppressions that still exist here in the United States, in degrees small or large, there's no equivalency, but suffering is suffering, oppression is oppression. It's not always perpetrated by the governments and heads of state. It's also a culture. It's just people. Saudi government can say women can drive all they want, but there's still going to be men in that country who, based on tradition and years of it, look at those women and shame them, if not act violently towards them. These governments are backed up by us, folks. Whether they're democratic or not, any regime needs the backing of some of its people. And so we can point fingers at Saudi Arabia. We can stand up like Senator Rand Paul has said and stop giving the Saudis weapons, stop giving them money. And that's my gut. And it has been for years when it comes to the Middle East. Pull the hell out of there.
that the Trump administration has made Saudi Arabia a key partner in their push against Iran. There's been hope that Saudi Arabia is now playing nice with Israel. This is the problem with geopolitics. It's never as simple as our moral ideals. It's never as simple as our values here at home. Even the people that are criticizing the Trump administration for cuddling dictators and autocrats, cozying up to them. Even these people understand this. Joe Biden, when he was vice president and when he was a senator, understood this. Hillary Clinton sure as hell, sure as F, understands this. You talk a good game on values and you stand up for values, but at the end of the day, the world is a messy place. The truth is rarely pure and never simple. In the Middle East, for thousands of years, under different banners and different names, has been ruled by violent thugs. So we can point fingers at the Saudi government and tell the Trump administration to bring our troops home, bring our money home, stop giving them weapons, and you know what? I'm all for it. But remember that this man who was brutally murdered and dismembered was calling for freedom of the press in the Arab world so the Arab people could really know what was going on, so they could have open-eyed conversations about their own societies, about the role of their religion in their societies, about the role of women in their societies, the role of men, the role of actual commerce with the outside world. He was calling for freedom of the press, Khashoggi was, before he was brutally murdered. And where was he brutally murdered? Yes, technically on Saudi soil, but in a consulate in Turkey. And recently, I started off by saying there's this trend of strong men based on cults of personality, and that is President Erdogan of Turkey. You could not get a worse country in the Arab world for freedom of the press. There is no free press left in Turkey. None. And Erdogan has saw fit to do it. Ever since the attempted coup against him, he has seized and brought and consolidated more and more power around him. Just as Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, has consolidated more and more power to himself. So essentially you have one autocrat calling out another autocrat for his bloody autocratic behavior. So, okay... They call them out. We still have military assets in both countries. They're crucial countries in terms of the geopolitical game. And almost every country we support in that part of the world, including Egypt, is backed by some autocratic, strong-armed authority. But there's hope. And you hope that those autocrats were overthrown, you would get a more peaceful regime. Because if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. 
But these things take time. And I think the best thing we can do in the West, whether we're talking about the Middle East or we're talking about a severely now regressing China with President Xi now well again it's the theme consolidating more and more power to himself now president for life of China suggestions that he is now almost like a new Mao trying to remind the Chinese of the century of humiliation beginning in the mid 19th century how the West and the imperial powers of the West humiliated China. Never again. China's rising. China's nationalist. And President Xi will be the one that helps steer the ship of a rising new powerful global leader in China. Same thing's happening in Russia. Putin is the main thing keeping that country together. The cult of personality around Putin. It's the classic Russian model. Autocracy. Orthodoxy. And good God, I never thought I'd say this, but I wish the Russians were materialist atheists again. Because Russia, Putin today said all Russians will go to heaven if we have a nuclear war. Good God, man. No, they won't. They'll die. But autocracy, orthodoxy, order... And the autocrat is Putin. The best strategy we have for those of us in the West with some semblance of freedoms, and it's tough for me to talk about because we don't feel that free these days, do we, folks? We have freedoms, no doubt. But the way we use them, we use our freedoms almost like we're holding somebody hostage. We presume Americans not free or innocent. It's no longer life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but sacrificing our own freedoms and those of our fellow Americans for the sake of control. For just a few more bucks a month. And if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. And in that case, what will stop is the economic boom when we have another economic downturn, because we will. God help us. I think the best thing we can do is to be an example. To try and not as we run on party line tickets, because that's the big fight. We argue over Democrats and Republicans, and either one side's going to win out completely, or we're just going to go back and forth and never solve any damn problem. But we have to be an example, an actual beacon of liberty and freedom for this world. 
And it will take time. It will take time in Saudi Arabia. It will take time in Russia. It will take time in China. It will take time in Turkey and Iraq and Iran. In many cases, we're going to have to wait them out. And while we wait them out, we don't lose our own soul, our own spirit of liberty. Our spirit of hope. Now I'm wearing a shirt tonight. It's more a wrestling nerd thing. The American dream. The American dream, baby. The second most noticeable celebrity on the athlete. The face of the earth. Funky like a monkey. The American dream. Dusty Rhodes. You know, his son now, Cody, incredible wrestler, incredible self-promoter. He left the WWE after feeling uh, constrained there. And he's made quite the name for himself now. But I bring him up because though I'm wearing Dust the Rhodes, the American Dream, baby, on my shirt, Cody, don't call him Cody Rhodes, but Cody, Dusty Rhodes' son, is uh, now calls himself the American Nightmare. And how fitting that Dusty Rhodes generation loved to watch a guy named the American Dream. And now my generation likes to watch a guy called the American Nightmare. Do so you wonder why I take this show every which way? Why I talk about movies and music and dating and sex? And wrestling. Great food. I mean, uh, it's because the politics. We're at the local, state, national, or international level. is astounding. And I'm not a complete pessimist any longer. But it seems like every time you can think you can make a moral stand. that Yes, let's stand up for freedom of the press. Things complicated. And every other political commentary, whether on the left or the right, is out not to make a good point or actually uphold their values, but to win. And to do so in whatever manner it takes. So politically, if you want to know where I'm coming from, I'm not trying to win anymore. I'm not on your team. I'm just somebody who actually believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Who thinks that political parties are not the way forward. And that political solutions are not the way we solve these problems. And though that's a little idealistic. And I know that there will be people, men and women, who fill seats of power in government... I just hope they act responsibly. And I hope that what we're really seeing is the breakdown of this uh, two-party system that's had a stranglehold on our society for, well, about the last century or so. More people are identifying as independent. 
the vast majority of people do not vote. And though some who are politically active who do vote think that's a sign of apathy, I think it's actually a sign of people waking up. That the hysterical pleas from both parties won't actually solve things. They will only really make it worse. In practical terms, what do I care about? I think we're overextended across the globe too much. Donald Trump is right to say NATO and NATO's members don't pay their fair share. In a way, I think NATO is antiquated. I think Donald Trump is right to try to solve the issue on the Korean Peninsula. I think Donald Trump is wrong to inflame the Middle East further and further, though, because they don't need any help doing that. And I think Donald Trump's impulse to bring our troops home is correct. I think we must start worrying about our spending problem. It's not a deficit and a debt problem. It is a spending problem. So I liked when I saw the president call for a 5% cut from all his cabinet secretaries. But you know what? I'm calling your bluff, Donnie. Excuse me, Mr. President. Calling your bluff. I don't think you're going to cut it 5%. I don't even think you're going to cut it 1%. I don't think you're going to touch entitlements, Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, because, you know, it's the one thing, it's radioactive in American politics. You're not going to touch it. We both know it. You're not going to touch it. And I hope you prove me wrong. Because if we don't get our house in order, it will crumble Every year, between 1997 and 2013, the president, whether Democratic or Republican, whether he was a Democrat or Republican, every president from 97 to 2013 mentioned in their State of the Union address the need to reform so-called old age social programs. Before, you know, everybody got old, demographics rendered them unsustainable. No more. Donald Trump won't mention it. You better believe the Democrats now want to expand those programs. Because the whole idea is since Social Security and Medicare are unsustainable, let's now just give everybody, let's not wait till they're in, you know, 65 or 66 for Social Security or Medicare. Let's just give everybody health insurance and let's give everybody universal basic income. That should work wonderfully. Let's take the programs that are almost bankrupting us or will in a few decades and just give it to the whole damn population. That's the Democrats' idea. And then the Republicans' idea is like, well, we'll just grow the economy. But if the government is growing faster and servicing the debt as interest rates rise, is growing faster, those payments are growing faster than the private sector, then we're all in a lot of trouble, and the whole world's in a lot of trouble. And the only way we can defend ourselves and be a beacon of freedom is by actually having our fiscal house in order. The only way we can stand up for our values of liberty and freedom of the press and actually 
be consistent and not hypocritical when it comes to standing up for people who are brutally murdered by bloody dictators. By having her own house in order. I haven't done a show like this in a while because it gets me worked up. I can't solve the world's problems, and I'm just one guy. And I'm sure if this problem, all these problems I'm describing are solved, some they may not. It may go to hell. But if they're solved, it probably won't just be my idea that will win out the day. It will take people working together. But this is how I see it. And what I also see is that the constant bitching and bickering and the effing nonsense and stupidity that passes for political discourse in this country, especially on Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN, will be the death of us. Democrats, Republicans, and especially the media need to pull their freaking heads out of their asses. Yeah, you make a lot of money scaring the hell out of people. You make a lot of money demonizing the other side. I get it. It's your job. Most of you are still wonderful people at the end of the day. I get it. But there's a lot we could solve. And I don't do shows like this often because it gets me worked up. And I want to have fun. For instance, this morning, I want to just ride in my car... With the Paul Stanley solo album blasting into my ears. Wouldn't you like to know me? Just let the cool fall autumn air go through my head. But then I think about all these things going on in the world. and well, Each night is its own show, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta hit a quick break here. And as I hit this break, I want to tell you about Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Don't have to worry about all the world's troubles. Just focus on yourself. So whether it's investing in real estate, to rent it out. A lot of turnover here in Montgomery. The Air Force Base and so many other things that you could do. And you need to get on the side where you can rent it out, have some money coming in. The Goodson Group and Eddie Bader can help you do that. and get you tenants. Before you even close, they can manage the property if you don't want to manage it yourself. Or maybe you're just finding yourself more successful in this booming economy because it is booming. And you want a bigger home or that family's growing. You want a bigger home. You need a real estate agent, a guy who can really help you out, a down-to-earth guy. That man is Eddie Bader. Again, real estate agent, is that what you need? You need to call Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, 322 0662. Again, that number for Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, 322-0662. Or visit thegoodsongroup.com to see all their listings or get your listing up there. Well, if you want to join in on the conversation, well, it's 272-9228. I rarely give out the number, but 272-9228 if you want to talk to me. Am I just too worked up tonight? Possibly. But, uh, we'll see if 
Paul Stanley's solo efforts could cheer me up here a second. Joey Clark. Clark. Uh, welcome back, folks. Seriously, um, if you want to have some fun, if you haven't already heard of it, I love finding things that are old but new to me. Like when Kiss and the members, the band members of Kiss, put out solo albums under the Kiss banner, and this is Paul Stanley's effort. I think he's damn good. The song's called It's All Right. Been rocking out to that a lot lately. It's how I, you know, let a load off, how I relax a little bit. But uh, you want to call in 272 9228. Number is 272 9228. And that's exactly what James did. Hey, James, how you doing? Thank you for holding so long. Uh, I'm just tickled to death to be alive. Good day to be alive. God bless you. God bless America. And what you just said while uh, you were saying, you know what? what is old is new, and what is new is old. Yes. It just depends on who the person is. Because, <laughs> you know, like I was going to say a second ago, and um, one of these days, you know, we're 35 years apart, but one of these days you'll be sitting on the top of the hill uh, listening to a lot younger person. Hopefully they'll be expressing themselves um in a manner that, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful because I understand that the future of us, um, is the person that's going to be sitting on the radio 35 years from now while Joey's, you know, when you get to be 65, 66, you get to listen. And, uh, you know, I, I, what, what you said tonight is, uh, again, I use the word philosophical, but we've got to be sometimes philosophical. Yes, and sir. we've got to understand, it, it's just like when, you know, when Barack Obama got elected president, and people say, oh my God, Barack Obama's president. Well, he's just one man, and he's going to be president for however long he is president. And then there'll be another person to be president, and there'll be another senator, and another Congress and another dog catcher or whatever it is coming along, and and I what I wanted to ask you was the you know being a uh, labeled and I hate to label people but I'm going to go ahead and label you as a millennial. So here's my question: Is is do you see the the youth of today? And and the reason I did this, I I've asked a few young people. Sure. Complete strangers. I've never met them in before in my life. And I've asked them. And, and sometimes I get a response that it's, well, I'm not going to vote because I just don't really don't care. Well, okay, that's their privilege. They get to not care. 
that that God gave them the right to. But I I want to know from you is do you see a trend? Do you see something that we being a 67 year old man and a 29 year old man can we can do for each other to make sure that we continue in this? Uh, we're going to be high and low, but as long as we level out eventually, do you do you see? Am I making sense? I hope yeah, I'm a way sense. that we can kind of stay together, especially across like the generations. I right because it, it doesn't really matter how old we are, but you know, like right. one day you'll be old. Right, exactly. Okay. That's relative. <laughs> Hopefully you get to be a real old man. That's what I want to be. Age is really... Time's just a... It's a trick. I mean, even at... Now I'm going to be 30 December 1st. Time is a trick. And, I mean, it's really not a a number thing at this point, even at 30. It's more like, okay, uh, that's when that happened. And the time and the age is just kind of a... It's a reference point. Um, But I, I think, I mean, number one... Uh, not to be too self-serving here, but uh, like you and I just talking and having just a talk getting to know each other uh, is one way we keep things together. And I know people people don't need to be told to do that. I think they just need to be told, hey, we already do that all the time, and that's more important than I think a lot of the, the arguments we have online and the trying to win uh, conversations usually are on non-productive. It's more the ones you have with your family and friends or the guy you know at work or the stranger you meet when you're out in the town and you just get to know each other. That goes a long way. Um, it, it really does and because it allows people to go, oh, yeah, everybody's got a perspective. And even though we might vehemently disagree on a lot of stuff, there's a lot of agreement in this world. Uh, I would say number two is people do, I, I like the idea of working together, whether it's, you know, trying to make a buck and you work together, make it a buck, or you, civic engagement, join the Rotary Club, be it, you know, Kiwana Club, go to church, help people out at your church, um, go out and have fun. I mean, join a sports, you know, recreation team. Just, it's, and these things sound dull, but, uh, or like, you know, cliche. But this idea of, like, join a bowling league. And it's not about the bowling and keeping score, but it's about the getting to know people. So when when the crap really hits the fan, you have people you can fall back on and go, hey, I know you, we're going to get through this. And that's the one thing I... I, Looking after... For me, you know, the left's got this saying, it started kind of in the 70s, that the personal is the political. I think it's kind of dangerous, but I will say the personal is more important than the political, and it should be. That's right. That it's, 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 exactly. It's what you what you get. The politics come and go. Right. And you, what you said earlier about uh, Democrat, Republican, uh, you know, I don't care whether you rode in, and I know this is very cliche-ish, but I'm an old romantic. I've, I'm just, here I am. But I believe, you know, it doesn't matter whether you rode in on the jackass or the elephant, as long as you soar in the, on the eagle's wings, you know. Yeah. And when we sit on both, you know, we we balance out, and, you know, we've got to have, I think one of the greatest periods of time in this country uh, was, um, and it was not, and I'm, I know I'm going to be cursed by some of my Republican friends, but. I think when when we had a balanced time, 
between we had a Democrat president and we had a Republican-controlled House and Senate, there was a balance. Right. And you one can't outpower the other one because there's balance. And, you know, they say, well, the third is the, the Supreme Court. Well, the Supreme Court is not supposed to be legislatively. It's supposed to be legal. It's supposed to be laws. But those two bodies, the executive and the and the uh, uh, legislative, they're the ones that control us. On a, and this is my opinion. They're the ones that put a, a control on us. And so when you've got a balance of power, I think we kind of operate a little bit calmer. And sure, nobody's going to be perfect. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know... I, well, and that's how it, it was designed, though, is that you, you exactly, wanted that, that that's competition... Exactly. Well, and, and my point, a big point in my rant, it can be boiled down to this uh, this evening, is uh, I, I don't mean to belittle people. I mean, I'll belittle the dictators, sure, and murderers, but I don't mean to belittle people in passionate or into politics. Um, but it's more, it's that old saying that power tends to corrupt. And we usually think about that in terms of, okay, yeah, like the guy running Saudi Arabia kills people who talk bad to him, Erdogan, or Putin, or the Chinese president, or American presidents, or senators, whatever. Those people are the corrupt ones that power's corrupted. Uh, But I've seen, like, why do people, protesters, scratch at the Supreme Court door? Why are there people arguing (coughs) with each other online all of a sudden? Just people don't even know each other, just calling each other names. It's because power or the power corrupts them. And I think a big part of why is thing or why are things so polarized is power's corrupted the people. And we gotta find a way to step back and whether it's that balance like you're talking about, or just limiting that power to where it's back to the states, I don't know. But too, there's too much power at stake, and it's corrupting the hell out of who we are. Um, and it's it's become more about that elephant or that jackass instead of the, the eagle. But I, I think there's hope. I think, especially I, when I talk to folks, and it doesn't matter their age, if you just sit down and talk to people and you don't even bring up politics, you sort of get to know them first, it, it goes a long way. And there are I, a lot of people waking up to that, James. Um, I I've, I've got to go here in a second, but uh, okay. one, one, my last, I'm going to. Uh, you are exactly right. We uh, hopefully somebody is sitting out there in in uh, radio land and hearing mine in your conversation, and they have. We have hopefully they have been struck by something, and the next time they have a conversation. They will, and that's what's going to make us last. Uh, it's going to take conversations, and it's going to take people listening Hopefully. to other conversations and not all about their conversation and preparing to make a statement. And I've got friends, and you've got friends that as soon as you get through making a statement, they've already prepared what they're going to say, and it may be completely off right. what you were talking They weren't really listening to you. Right. They were preparing their next statement but if you listen to each other uh and again i i'm gonna let you go because this has been but i really uh i really have enjoyed sitting and listening for this almost hour and uh hearing things because this is what uh this is what it's all about is learning from each other and and growing from each other 
I really appreciate it, James. I, I really do. You, you, uh, you're a good man, Joe. I, I appreciate your hard work, and and um, you are you are an individual. Oh, you're too that's kind. A good sir. thing to be. Too kind. Sir. Good thing Thanks to so be. much. Thanks, uh, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Wow. Well, that uh, that makes my evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, makes my evening. And it's been something that's developed me for a while. Is, uh, those impulses in me, the tyrant in me is the tyrant in you. And what I mean by that is, you know, if we actually want to fix things, we got to look in the mirror first. That starts with me looking in the mirror. And then, you know, talking it out with people. I admit, stuff gets said that I'd, I'd go nuts over. Uh, but it is a matter of trying to really understand a person, build relationships... And really learn about the world. Be willing to say I'm wrong, which I'm often wrong, but I'm willing to accept that. And try to do all those things before you try to win. Try to enjoy the music or the simpler things in life, but before trying to win power. That's my approach these days, and hopefully it does something for you. And if not, well, I'm just going to listen to the music as the world burns. But who cares? I'll be back tomorrow night. Tomorrow's going to be a Friday. Thank you for listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I am Joey, and you are you. Ta-ta. Joey Clark.